When tires screech in oval configurations and haunting engines are heard echoing through the hills. Whenever exhaust pipes flicker and the air is perfumed with storms of burnouts past, that is the time when drivers enter, practicing their racing delight. Welcome, foolish NASCAR fans, to the Haunted Grandstands, where your hosts, your ghost hosts, Josh and Philip. Now we know what three souls will continue their harrowing battle alongside the corruptible Kyle Larson to battle for survival in the horde of drivers and which four bewildered souls were cast, scratching, clawing, and weeping back into the killing mob. Joshua Piles, what did you think of the Halloween night race at Martinsville? We had storylines, we had tempers, and we had three advancing to the finals. It was everything we asked for. It was, gosh, it was just like Bristol. It was, ah, we had a lot of things go a lot of people really mad at one another i just really good racing i couldn't they had three screens up and i didn't know which one to watch it was points leaders i tell you what i just want to stop there about the screens and i I don't think i've ever mentioned this before but i really do enjoy the way nbc does that because Like, especially at Talladega, it was pretty freaking awesome to watch because you could see the drivers, you know, they might even be showing the drivers that are one, two, three, four in line there. And Mm -hmm. you can kind of see what each one are doing and how they're bumping and moving and blocking and where they're looking. And uh, I forget where else they've done it before. And I was just watching the drivers. I love that view because it just kind of gives you just an idea of what they see out of the cockpit. Uh, on those race cars and how crazy it is in real life. What's, you know, and I just hadn't seen that kind of uh, view before. And whoever designed that view is, is amazing in my opinion, but yeah, yeah, they was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was great. You had Alex Bowman, and Denny Hamlin, then you had Brad and Kyle and uh, who else they had down there. I think they was Truex and how he was trying to get through uh, traffic with Kurt Busch. And uh, Eric Jones, and there was one point going back and forth. And uh, man, the I think the choose uh, the choose cone decided it, man. Martin getting those valuable extra spots on the start of that restart. You know, this is another going to be off topic. I guess I'll be off topic, Philip, today. But uh, <laughs> the choose cone, I yeah. really like the choose cone. I do at short tracks. I don't understand the choose cone at a mile and a half. I kind of get it more at like a uh, restrictor plate race, Talladega, Daytona, because uh, you can kind of choose your fate to help your teammate or not, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah. I don't know. Do we use it at every race from going on or keep it the same just because it's easier to keep people yeah. engaged or should they just use it at the short tracks? I don't know. I like the idea of the choose cone because like you said, it pretty much decided this race. 
because Truex got to line up where he wanted to line up and made it happen. Then let's just keep it the same, I think. But, like, I don't want to confuse people. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's where I'm at. I, I, I see both. I see it both ways. And it doesn't really bother me either way. I just think that at a short track, it's more novel because traditionally at a short track on a restart, you want to line up on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, even at Bristol, you line up on the inside because you're not going fast enough into turn one to make that outside line matter. Now by lap, by, you know, the end of or beginning of turn three, if you're running that high line, you're going fast enough to hit that high line. But we traditionally see, Everybody went in the front row, I'm sorry, the inside row at short tracks. And I do allow, I love the allowing, you know, the fourth or fifth place driver, if one, two, three is lined up in the inside or fourth place can go up there and and, uh, start second. You know, we've seen it done and we've seen it work. (laughs) So, I mean, it's in the driver's hands. If you think if, even if the bottom is, so you got first, second, third, fourth, even if you think that you're just like, man, my car sucks, but, you know, I'll drive it in there on the bottom. We've seen it work a bunch of times on just restarts. If you get a cleaner restart or, you know, drive down there and they get – they miss a gear. We've seen people do that on restarts yesterday. If you can if you can make it work for you and your situation, I'm all for it. You know, if you want to take the chance on it, and that's – you put it all in driver's hands after that. Yeah. I, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I mean, you know, another thing I was thinking about this race is uh, it was not very eventful for the first 300 laps. No. Other than drivers making stupid pit road mistakes that we keep seeing over and over again. Kyle Larson speeding twice. Ryan Blaney speeding. Uh, Kyle Busch speeding. Mm-hmm. You know, these playoff drivers can't keep doing that. I mean, it ruined Brian Blaney's day. Ruined Kyle Larson's day, even though he had advanced already. Uh, yeah. I would say it ruined Kyle Bush's day, but he seems to be able to battle back from those penalties better than anybody else. And he took a second place finish. It's going to catch up with these guys at some point. Yeah. It has to. You can't go to Phoenix and make those mistakes. Like, if you make one mistake at Phoenix, I think, I'm not saying your day's over, but it's going to be hard because all them people are going to run max limit all yeah, day long. I mean, They're going to be is, one, two, three, four. This is the last race that we're going to have in these cars, this configuration. You really don't have any data coming back with you know, starting all over again in the next mm-hmm. year. So yeah, these cards are going to be fully trimmed out 100%. No hold back. Yeah. You're not going to be able to battle back. as you. No, I, I agree. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. And I do agree with what you're talking about. That first 300 laps or the first, you know, I mean, even in stage three, it was pretty just follow the leader. I mean, it wasn't all. I mean, there was some good racing going on. It was just typical oh, yeah. track race at that point to me. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no difference between that in the spring or, uh, you know, Bristol for the first 200, 250 laps. Uh, just typical beating and banging, uh, moving people, which, you know, we talked about also is they need to start moving people again. We saw yes. it kind of happen a little bit. Um, in the, in the first two, 250 laps. But if I'm going into turn one and I hit you two or three times, let you know I'm there and we go into turn three and we do it again, I'm not, I'm moving you. You mm-hmm. got the chance to get out of my way. You know I'm faster than, I'm sorry, I'm moving. And we kind of saw 
Austin Dillon and Ryan Blaney get into it. I like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Blaney went and led him around. Austin Dillon was wearing his back bumper out. And then, you know, then they had a wreck, uh, which was totally Blaney's fault because he got loose off up the corner. Yep. And Austin was already back in the full throttle. And it's, that was just a racing incident. I don't think that was anybody's fault. We saw it later in the day. People started moving each other and then tempers flare because, you know, <laughs> nobody wants entitled. to be moved. I mean, nobody wants to be moved and you want to race other people hard. But when they come back and race you hard or send you up the hill, it, it, it's a problem all of a sudden. But, we, yeah, you know, we've got Denny Hamlin being freaking insanely mad at Alex Bowman. <laughs> and, you know, I, I went back and I watched the interview and read a couple of his quotes and stuff. And, you know, even his crew chief and his spotter were just saying, do what you need to do. But just remember the big picture. Be safe. Oh, yeah. So here it is. Uh, Chris Gabart said, however you want to handle that, be smart. Big picture. That's what he yeah. said. And then, you know, he goes on to the front stretch and does his thing where he's, you know, interfering with Bowman's <laughs> cool down lap and victory. And then he gets out of the car and, uh, you know, calls him a hack. He goes, he's just a hack, just an absolute hack. He gets his ass kicked by his teammate. He's effing terrible. He's just terrible. He sees one opportunity and he takes it. Obviously, he just got the fast car of the week, and he runs 10th. He didn't want us to race there. We had a good, clean race. I moved up as high as I could on the racetrack to give him all the room I could, and he still can't drive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bowman comes back and pretty much just says, it was really entertaining then, not so entertaining when you're living it. Uh, just didn't want to be part of that. Makes us both look dumb. So I tried not to be part of it. I wasn't going to try stuff like that. It's not who I am. Yeah, I understand why he's mad. I'd be mad too. I drove off the corner, got loose, and spun him out. At the same time, I didn't do it on purpose. If I did, I'd tell you that's part of it. And watching the watching it, he did dive in there super deep and hard. Yeah. And I can see that he probably got loose. And yes. Hamlin, Hamlin makes it sound like he was all the way up at the fence giving him the room, and he wasn't. He gave him a couple inches in the second lane. <laughs> like, you know, yes. and come on, Hamlin's racing for the win there, too, at that point. And he's not going to get just pull over and give him the win. I'm no, sorry. This is not, what, like, not this isn't all. like they were racing third, fourth, fifth, and there was no chance for them to win. He got loose, got into him. You know, and I understand these drivers just raced 500 laps and 503 laps or whatever, and they were just, <laughs> they're all tired and getting beat up and banged and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, calling somebody a hack to me is a little strange. Saying it, he does it all the time, he's not a good driver. Saying that Alex Bowman is a hack is not, and I love the shirt that Alex Bowman put out. <laughs> it says hack, yeah. yeah. It's funny. <laughs> Which is great, which is great. I mean, literally the best – I mean, whoever's doing uh, Hendrick Motorsports' as marketing is on these shirts, bro. They are not playing around. But he's won four races this year. Or this counts four races that he's won this year. Hacks don't win four races. That's my, that's my point, too. It's like he's calling him a hack, but here he is, I don't know, winning races. Yes. So how many races has Denny Hamlin won? Yeah, uh, two. Exactly. So Alex Bowman has won twice as many mm-hmm. 
and he's the hack? Mm, come on, bud. <laughs> I, that's the other part of the situation that I understand. That I understand that Denny Hamlin has been in I, maybe three. I, I know at least three or four situations where he was first, second, or third. And like the road course at Indy when him and Chase Briscoe got together. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't think that Chase Briscoe should have done that. But, you know, he didn't win that race. And then what happened today, he didn't win this race. And I'm sure there's a, two or three other races where he was up front and he just lost it. You know, I mean, I understand Denny's frustration, but he's in the championship round. Like, go go out there and race it next week. I I get it. Just nobody right, wants to lose a race. First of all, you don't want to make an enemy of a non-playoff driver going into your championship exactly. race. Exactly. Second of all, you don't want to have NASCAR come down on you and, yeah, and then take throw a points penalty. away yes. or make you, yeah, you know, give you some kind of weird penalty where you got to start at the tail end of the lead lap or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the race, you don't want any of that going on. And, you know, I know it's hard. I know you just, you're tired and you tired of getting beat up and banged and that was the last straw and you're going to show this guy, but mm-hmm. you got to be smart. You, I mean, that's how Jimmy Johnson won seven championships is by being smart. He didn't yes. go out and do things like that. I'm just saying, yeah, uh, that can move us right into Kyle Bush and Brad Kozlowski. You know, I so was... <laughs> I watched the replay on that too, and yeah, yeah, Kozlowski pretty much dumped him, and uh, so K KB comes out and says he drills my ass coming out of turn four for no reason. What is he, or where was he going? What was he going to do? Spin me out, and then later, and this is what actually got him in trouble. Oh yeah, uh, he said he was trying to do a. Harvick is what he was trying to do for what for second place to do what he's going he was going to transfer through with that freaking R word so stupid I don't understand these guys so and he's since issued a, an apology mm-hmm. uh, yeah I've seen that but NASCAR's already set a precedence for this so yeah. I'm assuming he's probably going to get another fine Yep, probably. And he's probably going to have to take sensitivity training. Yeah. Um, because I, they've done, they did that to Haley Deegan when she uh-huh. said the same word at the beginning of the year on national TV. Yeah. And they made her do sensitivity training before the season started. So if you're going to set that precedent, I'm saying that she's at a lower tier driver right now. If you're going to set that precedent for them, you've got to hold your stars at the same level. So I would probably assume, and I'm looking right now, they haven't said anything yet, but I would probably assume today or tomorrow we're going to hear a fine. Yes. And he's going to have to take sensitivity training by a certain deadline to be eligible for 2022. Yeah. And I, you know, I know when you get out of the car, you're heated and stuff like that. You got to. Well, this was later. This was later in the media center. I I know. I mean, he's still one. There's, there's no blatant call for it. I mean, if whether it's a man whether it's a woman, they had Haley Deegan do it. Whether she's a lower series driver than he is, they had her do it. Like, they need to hold him to the same standards as yep. everybody else. Exactly. I mean, I'm a Kyle Busch fan, and, and that needs to be what happens. I'm not – I don't want no favoritism just because he's my driver. And that's why but, I respect you as a Kyle Busch fan in yes. real life because 
you can actually say bad things about your favorite driver, not bad things, but real yeah. things about your favorite driver that, you know, if he does something wrong, you will say he did something wrong. You yeah. know, you've got some of these people that can't even admit that he did anything wrong in this aspect. And that may be a culture, more of a cultural thing, but NASCAR's mm-hmm. already set the precedence that yes. that's a taboo thing to say. It requires sensitivity training. If they don't do it, I mean, a fine, maybe, maybe not. I don't know what their stance is going to be on that. But uh, Kyle Busch did say he wasn't going to get any more fines this year, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, if you're going to set that precedent for other people, you're, he's going to have to take sensitivity training. Yeah, yeah. So. And I, n- no problem with any of that. He, I'm sure it just came out of his mouth wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of drivers say things uh, that they maybe not really mean at the time or whatever. But, you know, I'm sure like every other human being, you said things, I've said things. It just comes out wrong. So. Right. And, you know, especially the R word here in the last five years has become mm-hmm. taboo. Um, I'll just go on the record saying that I've said it in the past. Uh, because oh, yeah. It was not in my culture in my worldview was not a taboo bad thing to say that's part of growing up growing older getting Mm -hmm. wiser right it's not something i would say now uh by any means um because it's just first of all i realize that it's an offensive term and that it does hurt other people's feelings and you don't know who it's going to offend so um it's just better off not saying it so I've deleted it from my lexicon. <laughs> if we would have been held to some of the stuff that we said to our friends or, you know, yelling at people in either elementary school, middle school or high school, and that would have followed us like that, you know, we would. It's just Well, I mean, I, especially in this day and age of yeah. hypersensitivity uh, to everything. I'm not saying it's necessarily a wrong thing. I'm just saying that's just another thing that you've got to be a, a star at. Right. You've got to be able to just know what you can and can't say. And mm-hmm. even in the heated, even in the heated battle, you can't say stuff like that. You know, just like exactly. Kyle Larson had learned the hard way. And he mm-hmm. pretty much said, I, you know, yes, I was still using that term. And I just had to learn how to delete it from my lexicon. Right. Yeah. From, from my language use at all, period. Like I said, if you're going to set the precedent from NASCAR, they're going to have to follow through. So yep. TBD on that, but I'm assuming a minimum of that training is coming. coming in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? We talked about some of these pit stop issues. I was impressed, though. I'll tell you this. Uh, I was really impressed with Kyle Larson's pit crew team. And I know he had the, that front pit stall, which is the preferred pit stall, but... Mm-hmm he would almost every every pit stop come out four or five cars ahead. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. Per- so they were having some pretty tight, nice pit stops. Um, and one other thing I've noticed this year, too, is I used to say all the time, Kyle Busch's uh, people were the best in the business. I still think they're some of the best, but I think these other teams have tightened up. Yeah, and you're going to, and I think next year when we see the one lug nut, I really – really am interested on how fast we're going to be able to get these pit stops down to. Well, I I said before, I don't know if we said it on this podcast. I really think now it's going to come down to fuel in the car. How fast can you get the fuel in the car? Because they are filling that car almost to the last second Mm -hmm. of a pit stop. 
And now if you're going to shave two or three seconds off the pit stop, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of development going into those fuel cans or if that's one of those uh, items that NASCAR kind of gives out, like the the air guns now. NASCAR regulates those and hands those out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the uh, the fuel cans are like that too, where there's no modifications that can be made on them. But if there is anything that they can do, you better believe they're figuring out how to get fuel in that car faster. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. If they can get them out in eight or nine seconds, which would – I know it's not five lug nuts, but for an eight or nine second pit stop, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. So when you yeah. see uh, – what is it? F1, when they do it in like three seconds, it just – it's mind-blowing. I know it's not going to be like that, but – it's well, yeah, because the way F1 does it is just amazing. And if anybody hasn't seen it, look it up. But basically, they've got uh, four people sitting right by the tires. The driver pulls up, hits a button, it has jacks in the car. The car jacks it up. There's a guy that takes the wheel, lug nut off, tire off. The guy puts the other guy puts the tire on, lug nut on, gone. And uh, and then they put you know. 20 whatever gallons of fuel in the car at the same time because it's all high pressure system so i mean it's literally three or four seconds of a pit stop (laughs) that's 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 insane like to watch everybody do their job and get it done with little amount of time as possible is it's mind-blowing to just see yeah yeah it's crazy crazy i had a question for you I know we didn't really talk about this when we was texting back and forth yesterday, but what do you think about the track changing? Because you had Hendrick up there for, I mean, I I still think Chase probably could have finished up there, but when the track changed, a few people went back and few people came forward. And it was, it was kind of weird to me when they started doing that because they commented on broadcast when, it was going through its cycle and it was just, I, I thought it was interesting when I seen it. I just, I didn't say anything to you about it, but I was just curious on your thoughts. Um, I, I, I don't have much to say on it, I guess. Uh, okay. It's something that we see all the time. Yeah. And it just, I guess to me, it, it, it seemed to started to play like a major part of when some people were like up front and I might know Kyle Larson had a penalty and stuff like that, but you seen, like, Brad Kozlowski was, I mean, maybe 6th, 7th, 8th, maybe all the way back to 13th place car. And as that track changed, and they, I mean, obviously they worked on the car, but he started moving forward. And so did, like, Kyle Busch was not a second place car, let's be honest. He was right. not at the end. I mean, and even Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman got up there, but he was running 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. And it was... Uh, like Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin started in the rear, drove all the way to the front, but didn't really get up there and start like taking control of the race until the I think the track started changing, which well, was probably the last you know three or four or five hundred laps of the race. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of changes they can make to these cars, honestly, to keep up with the track. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you come prepared, knowing you're going to have a slower car in the beginning, and then the track's going to come to you or if you can make changes throughout the race or do you set the car up to be really good at the start and then just mitigate mm-hmm. the change. I, I don't know how they do that. And, okay. But I did notice that too, that some of the cars started to string out uh, as, as the race went on, you know, some of the cars that were up front started mm-hmm. falling to the back. You had the Penske 
drivers starting to work their way up there for a little while. Um, uh, like you said, Kyle Busch finished second, and he was complaining about his car all freaking day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so second place finish is not that bad. It doesn't help him to advance at that point. But I, I don't know. I really that would be an interesting question yeah, to for have sure. asked about this uh, particular car. What can they do to help when a track cools down like that? What changes can they make live? So, yeah, I don't know what was really going on with the track and how it was changing and or what they could do, if they could, like, their brake bias or whatever. But, yeah, I think you're right, Philip. It would be interesting to ask the car chief or the crew chief what they could do because I don't think that they really covered that so much watching it on TV. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they can only do so much in the, uh, in the broadcast. So, mm-hmm. that yeah, that would I do be an like- interesting question for – to get answered from a yeah, mm-hmm. car chief or crew chief about what they can exactly do and what they can't do. I know Alex Bowman won, Kyle Busch finished second, then Brad Kozlowski, then Martin Truex. I did not know William Byron finished fifth, Eric yeah. Almarola, Kurt Busch, Eric Jones, and Chris Buescher. Yeah. Now, I see, see, I was you. looking at that, and I, and I don't know the answer to this question just because I don't, but did they make their way back up because of a pit road choice? Or did they just race their way back up there? Uh, I know. I know in the closing laps, Kurt Busch and Eric Jones, they were fighting Martin Truex. And then when everybody used, when everybody was choosing their lane on the restart using the choose cone, that's how Martin Truex got all the way up there. And that's why I think Eric and Kurt, and I think all of them picked the bottom. Uh, I think maybe Chris got on the outside. I don't remember who was behind Truex on that restart. But yeah, they was I getting Chris Busher was racing up there all day, maybe top ten, maybe the fourteenth. But I think they were just right place, right time. I mean, Kevin Harvick finished twelfth. Even Ryan Blaney, after the hard day he had, he still finished eleventh. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really thinking that uh Ryan Blaney was going to uh finish staying near the back the the day he was having because he just kept having problem after problem after problem so mm-hmm. but he didn't which surprised that out of me no yeah he did phenomenal for unloading like josh let's launch into top four bottom four but of course we're going to the championship round so okay we know who's the top four but i just want to remind everybody last week of who your choices were and my choices were so last week you had going into the championship round at phoenix larson elliott hamlin and bush yep um i had larson hamlin truex and bush we both missed on bush um i specifically remember saying if kyle bush didn't make it it was going to be chase elliott which i got correct yes but uh I think we did pretty good on that. I wanted to go back, though, to our first podcast where we talked top four, bottom four, all the way back to Richmond. Ooh, okay, okay. Now, it should be no guess to anybody who my picks were, because they were (laughs) the same. Yeah, all the way through. Hamlin, or Larson, Hamlin, Truex, and Bush. But do you remember your picks, Josh Piles? Oh, no, I don't. Are you ready? Yeah. Hamlin. Okay. Larson. Okay. Elliot. Ooh. Truex. Nuh uh. Yep. I went back and looked. I double checked. Uh, you picked the fi- the first four on our first top four, <laughs> bottom four, and then you just wishy washy your way around the whole season. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I, 
see the thing. I see people go in and out. Like I see, I thought I seen spurts where Ryan Blaney was really good, and you know, it could have went either way. You know, depending on you know the accidents. A lot of people made a lot of mistakes, but I'm I'm really shocked that I picked that. Honestly, yeah, you did a good job. Oh. So, uh, but anyway, who do you got winning? Oh man, winning the I... big championship. Elliot, Truex, and Hamlin, they're all really, 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 really good at this track. But Larson's on fire. You put all their names in a basket, it could be either one of them. But, man, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. You think Denny Hamlin gets his first NASCAR Cup championship on Sunday? I still am on the – I'm still on or holding strong to a lot of first-time winners. So I I think it's either going to be Hamlin or Kyle Larson. It has to be. I'm not saying that Chase or Martin can't do it, but we've seen a lot of these people over and over and over again go and try to get their second one, and it's been way harder to get their second one than their first one. I'm going to say this. I don't think Elliot gets his next one on Sunday. I think I, we saw him get too aggressive mm-hmm. at Martinsville, and I think he's going to try too hard. To get that okay. second championship, crossing him off. Okay. Uh, man, Truex has been really good at this track. He's been a sleeper at this track. I went back and looked, and he has pretty good average finishes, a couple of wins at this track. Hamlin's the same way. And uh, while Kyle Larson finished seventh, um, and mm-hmm. I'm really not going back and looking at all his other racing at Phoenix because he was with a different team. Yes. But like you said, Larson's just been on fire, been able to do well at any track he's been at. Uh, I would say the only reason he didn't finish in the top five uh, last week was because of his penalties. Yeah. Uh, gosh. I know. I think Truex does it this year. Woo! Okay. I see you. Uh, you pulling out the bag uh, wanna, of tricks. I, I want to. I want my boy to get it. Yeah, trust me. I want it desperately. But I think Trex is going to get his second championship. The only reason why I went with Denny Hamlin is because you can't come off of a week where you so fired up and go to a track where you're really good at. Because he's been really good at all the tracks that he's been really, really good at. He's for the most part, did really good. Like, he's been really good at Martinsville and really good at Darlington. And he would have won. I don't know if he would have won Martinsville, but he did win Darlington. I mean, by the lack of that uh, fence job by Larson, which could have worked, which would have been very nice if it had a had a, had a worked. But I, I, I don't know. He would have had 10 wins. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I just – I know it's so hard. The, the, the only th- – another thing I was just thinking about is – Hamlin has now got beef with the 48, mm-hmm. Alex Bowman. Yeah. Elliot has beef with the number four, Kevin Hart. Yep. Yeah. Larson doesn't really have beef with anybody. No, no. Neither does Truex. No, you're right. So if you really think about Chase Elliott, he is a pretty aggressive driver, and he gets starting to get raced pretty aggressively. And I think that might start to come back to bite him. Okay. Uh, Hamlin is just, I think Hamlin's just desperate. I think he's going to make a lot of I can see that. <laughs> Phoenix I can see that. this year. So I, like I said, Truex, I think he's our, little, our sleeper back there, just doing what needs to be done, not making waves, counting the points, and just going to be where he needs to be at the end of the day. I, I 
I don't see a problem with your pick at all. I well, don't. Like you said, you could pick any of these guys and make justifications for any of them. I think yeah. this top four that are going in there deserve to be there. I don't have any issues with with this lineup at all. <laughs> so, no. All right. I mean, even if Brad Kozlowski would have finished, he would have went. I wouldn't have had no problem because he raced his way in. I mean, all these people did an amazing job at Martinsville to secure all of their spots. So. Right, but also I'm just thinking, you know, the number of wins they've had, the kind of seasons they've had. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's no person that made it into the Final Four. I mean, it would have been a hell of a story, <laughs> but would he really deserve to be there? Yeah, I know. Over somebody like Martin Truex or yes. Kyle Busch or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that. But, all right, anything else, sir? Uh, I think we've covered it. I'm just ready. I want to see, I want to see this race at Phoenix. I really do. I I was so ready for the race at Martinsville. It didn't disappoint. I don't think that this race will disappoint either. I just, I, I want to see who our next or our 21 champion is going to be. Every week, I challenge you, Josh, to see how well your trivia skills are in the NASCAR world. I will give you statements that are true, some that are cap. So fact or cap. This week, I've got three true statements and one that is cap. And to follow the theme that we've been kind of having this year, it's about the four drivers that did not make it into the next round, which is the championship round. And you can imagine this was a very hard one for me to do because you're an uber fan of Kyle Bushes. Mm -hmm. So I had to dig deep and dig far (laughs) to try to find stuff that you may or may not believe about Kyle Bush. Are you ready, sir? Yes. Brad Keselowski's first cup race was in Texas, where he finished 19th. Ryan Blaney's first cup debut was at Las Vegas, where he finished second. Kyle Busch's first cup race was at Las Vegas, where he finished 41st. And Joey Logano's first cup race was at Richmond, where he actually won. Which one of these are fact, and which one of these are cap? Oh, man, you did really good this week. You did really good. Like I said, I had to dig deep for Kyle Busch and see, just try to find a rando factoid (laughs) that you may or may not know. It's, I didn't, I didn't follow Brad so much, so I don't really, I can see Texas and I can see the skill that he had finishing 19th, but he was a lower level team when he first came in a cup. The Ryan Blaney thing is throwing me off because for you to start and finish second, that's pretty good. But I can see it. I just I, – I didn't think the Kyle Busch thing was right either because I thought he was so good. But I think he probably drove too aggressively and finished 41st is what I'm guessing. But the first time in Cup – I'm saying the Joey Logano one is cap because I remember I – I could have swore I remember his first one was at Pocono. I can, I can swear his first one was at Pocono. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm going Joey with Logano Joey Logano. It's a cap. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess we'll take these in order. Brad Keselowski's first cup race was in Texas where he finished 19th. That is true. Okay. Um, so he got, let's give you a little background on Brad Keselowski. Uh, he got his first truck race series in 2004, racing for his family owned 29 Ford. Uh, he started 26th and finished 33rd, uh, but he did start racing full-time in trucks in 2005. His stats for truck series has one win, 15 top 10s, and one pole in the trucks. Uh, in 2007, he started in the Xfinity series, 
later, he drove for uh, JR, uh, Junior Motorsports for the 88 for the rest of the year in the Xfinity. Um, and he eventually got 39 wins, 174 top 10s, and 22 poles. Uh, and he won the championship in the Xfinity Series in 2010, which I guess I never realized he had such a pretty good Xfinity career. And then his first cup race was in 2008 for HMS, uh, after being on a standby driver for Jeff Gordon and then later Casey Mears. Uh, and his first race was at Texas in 2008, where he finished 19th. His first race win was at Talladega, Talladega. in 2009. Yep. Uh, in 2010, he signed with Penske and won the championship in 2012. Yep. And overall, in the Cup Series, he has 35 wins, 226 top 10s, and 17 poles. That first race that he won, that's when he flipped Carl Edwards into the catch fence because they wouldn't let him go below the yellow line into advance your oh. spot. So Edwards came down and he just he moved him. So yeah, I remember that's it sounds the like remember Edwards I came down to do his lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he race. just so. Oh uh, yeah, no. Give me some. Give me some Blaney. Okay, Ryan Blaney's first Cup debut was at Las Vegas, where he finished second. That okay. is true. Awesome. Ryan Blaney got his start in 2012 in the Truck Series with Tommy Baldwin Racing, competing in the 36 at Richmond, where he finished seventh. Later in 2012, he ran races for Brad Kozlowski Racing in the Truck Series. Uh, he won his first truck race at Iowa that year, and it made him the youngest driver ever to win a Truck Series race. Uh, okay. Overall, Truck Series stats are four wins, ten top tens, and five poles. He made his cup debut in 2014 uh, with Penske at Kansas. And then in 2015, he started racing the Xfinity Series at Las Vegas, uh, where he finished second. Overall, he has Xfinity stats are seven wins, 57 top tens, and three poles. He started racing full-time with the Wood Brothers in 2016 with the 21, and then in, he joined Penske in 2018 for the 12. And so far in Cup, he has seven wins, 95 top tens, six poles. Uh, so there you go. I, I think the first time your Cup debut finished in the second, that's pretty good. So... You still think Kyle Busch's first cup race was at Vegas where he finished 41st? I, 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 I still think that that's true. I think he pushed it a little too hard. I can see him doing that early on in his career. All right. Well, that indeed is true. In fact, uh, Kyle Busch began racing uh, trucks at the age of 16 uh, in 2001 for Roush Racing in the 99 at Indianapolis Raceway Park where he finished ninth. An odd fact for you is in 2001 at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, he was fastest in practice that day for the trucks, but he was not able to race because our other race series had a sponsor of Marlboro, and he was not allowed to race at the same time. Huh. Um, so he, was, did, he did not race that race. I just read that and thought that was interesting. Huh, um, I never knew that. So this actually caused NASCAR to change the rules to be 18 to race. Uh, he started in Xfinity in 2003 at Charlotte, where he finished second. Uh, he was racing for HMS. And then uh, he started full-time uh, HMS in 2004 in the number five. So his Xfinity stats are 102 wins, 263 top 10, 70 poles, and one championship in 2009. Uh, his first cup race was in 2004 at Las Vegas, where he finished 41st, racing for HMS's number 60, which you guessed it, he wrecked like on lap five. Um, 
I can see him doing that. Him just going out there and saying, this is my first, I got to do it, and pushed it way too hard. In 2005, he started racing full-time for HMS in the number five. Uh, in 2008, he moved to JGR Racing for the 18. His current cup stats are 59 wins, 337 top tens, and 32 poles with two championships in 2015 and 2019. Now, I don't know if that stat reflects his second place finish, uh, so he may have 338 top tens. So all that means that Logano's first race was at Richmond where he won is the cap, but it is not for the reason you stated. Oh, Joey Logano got his first truck ride in 2008 at Talladega where he finished 26th. He's only ended up racing a total of seven truck races in his career, uh, but he's won one race, four top tens and one pole. In 2008, he started in Xfinity at Dover uh, racing for JGR. He got his first win in Xfinity that same year at Kentucky. His overall stats for Xfinity is 30 wins, 143 top tens, and 36 poles. In 2008, Logano started his cup career racing at Richmond for JGR, where he did not even qualify. His first win came in 2009 in New Hampshire while racing full-time for JGR. And in 2013, he moved to Penske. His current stats for uh, Cups is 27 wins, 230 top tens, 22 poles, and one championship in 2018. So his first rich, or first win was in New Hampshire? Yes. Okay. And yeah, I remember Richmond him was his first race, but he did not qualify. <laughs> that's even more so, hilarious. <laughs> well, that's why I made it blatantly false, right? Yeah. Well, I knew he didn't what? win, but I, I, I could have swore maybe – I don't even know. That's even crazy because I know he was the youngest driver to win a cup race at that time, and I don't know if he still is because he was – I don't even know if he was barely 18 in just his 20th career start. 19 years, one month, yeah. Yeah. 19 years, one month, and four days. Okay, Josh, I just want to be fair to Joey Logano. He did not qualify for Richmond due to a technicality. Um, it was because uh, qualifying was actually rained out. The top 43 drivers and owner points are set for the race uh, back mm-hmm. then when that happened. And since he was not in the top 43 and owner's points, he did not get to debut because he had zero points at the time. So it wasn't oh. that he didn't qualify because he uh, didn't make time. He qualified yeah. due, due to a technicality. But he still didn't get to race that race. But he was yes. uh, geared up to race it. And... Yes, he was the youngest driver at 19 years uh, to win anyone at New Hampshire. Okay. I love doing these factor caps like this. I learned so much about how these drivers have come up through the field. And, like, some of them have a very kind of traditional path, like Kyle Busch. He trucks, Mm -hmm. then he did Xfinity, and then he did Cup, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, you you look at people like uh, Ryan Blaine. He really didn't have such a traditional kind of he ran trucks for a little bit not very long and then he pretty much just launched straight into xfinity where he um did okay but then he got a pretty good ride with uh wood brother you know and then like brad kozlowski bounced all over the place yeah so i just thought it was really interesting i I think it's interesting to see how they just progress through the series another thing i thought was really cool is uh Kyle Busch got his start with, you know, Hendrick um, yep. in Xfinity and in Cup. But now he races for JGR. Logano got his start with JGR 
for Xfinity and Cup. And then now he races for Penske. And neither one mm-hmm. of them won a championship until they moved to the other organization. Yeah. He I even used to race. To, he is his sponsor in the, I'm going to say Bush series, but it probably was back when he started. The Xfinity series, he even drove the – his primary sponsor was Lowe's in the five car, which yeah. would look super weird if you – because the first thing I think of of Lowe's is I think of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, we've talked about that before. There's just mm-hmm. iconic people in iconic cars that yep. even when I see it now, it just throws me. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you think of DeWalt, all I think of is Matt Kenseth. Yeah, yeah. or, yeah. or uh, Home Depot. Yes, Tony Stewart. You know, so yeah, uh, there's some names that are just synonymous with their sponsor and their number, and it's just hard to switch. But, but well, good job, Josh Piles. Thank you, sir. I, I gotta. I, I guess I gotta start making these a little harder on you, dude. Like you so. go back, back before. Like if you go back past the modern era, I'm not so good. I mean, I can. I, I think I can take like really good educated guesses but like the first ones that you did man those are hard i lost two in a row i think i'm redeeming myself a little bit but we'll see what you got under your sleeve for uh championship uh, weekend. i guess i need to come up with something a little bit there you go <laughs> a little bit harder i don't know i just was i knew that i couldn't do anything too outlandish for kyle bush because you'd be like yes. nah that's not true <laughs> so <laughs> All right, I have a quote for you, Josh. All right, well, I love quote time. He said, "Quote time, it's quote time." Done. It's recorded. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, there's nothing, there's nobody, there's no <laughs> bigger person in this world that I hate and love at the same time. All right, are you ready, sir? Yes. I'll wreck any. D- one of these three. I'm going to race these guys just like I do every single week. Tony Stewart. That is Martin Trex Jr. Oh, okay. That sometimes that sounded like something Tony Stewart would say. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's why I think Trex is a sleeper. Is he's just like I'm gonna be out here doing what I do, bro. Don't get in my way. But. He's been evil, like evil consistent. Like even when he won. Uh, the his first championship. I think he's been in there every year since. That's crazy. I don't know. I do. You guys tell us. I don't know the stats on that, but I'm uh, telling you, he's I don't been. Think I have. A, I don't. Those won't no. be able to be found pretty quick. But yeah, uh, he's, if he's not, no. he's been pretty close. So yes. All right, we're off to the championship round, and then we have a hiatus. So man, let's see who hosts that trophy, man. Let's who who what's that trophy? Who. We host, hoist, hoist. hoist. He's gonna host the party in that trophy. <laughs> hoist. hoist. I'll join the party. <laughs> Better be a big effing trophy, though. <laughs> Maybe I may hoist the beer. <laughs> there you go. Since I can't host, I can't host the party. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm getting off here. All Bye. right, peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>